Pine Summer Podcast Season 2 kicks off. Uh, we're going to do, we're going to call this the Fernando Tatis Jr. episode. First episode of the year. You know, I've got to be honest, uh, baseball last year in 2020, it didn't leave me really wanting to uh, celebrate the game very much or, you know, keep this podcast kind of afloat. Um I'm I'm not overly thrilled with uh, the things that have been happening in the game of baseball, and you know that being said, um, I think baseball's really, you know, it's it's funny. I saw a comment the other day right after the Tatis signing was announced with Jeff Passan of ESPN, where a fan kind of said, "Your sports on life support," and you know he didn't exactly you know shoot back and deny that, um, you know he didn't he. He kind of like made a, a joke back, but you know, even as somebody that's that's loved baseball, you know, for as long as I have, um, it's not uh, it's not in a great state. You know, it kind of feels. Yeah, I'm glad there's there's going to be baseball in a a full season, despite you know the players and the owners uh, fighting a little bit. You know over when this season would start and you know the the excitement for spring training to be honest with you it's 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 just not there for a lot of the crowd that that I roam with um I think baseball's done a really tremendous job of alienating its core fans I think that baseball has gotten away from you know kind of what's you know what it's all about it's 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 lost its way a little bit you know, and obviously, I think last year arguing about money until the late part of the summer, and then playing a Mickey Mouse season, you know, that season really didn't mean a whole lot to to me, and it certainly the people I know just kind of felt like it was a joke, didn't take it serious. All that being said, I do want to say that it's it's kind of an exciting thing to see. A young player like Tatis Jr., Fernando Tatis Jr., signed a 14-year, $340 million contract with the Padres. Uh, it's a record-setting deal. It's not only the third biggest deal in baseball history. Um, Buki Betts and Mike Trout both signed their deals, which are ahead of you know Tatis in terms of dollar value at the age of 27. But Tatis got his at the age of 22. Uh, what's wild is they're going to lock him up until, you know, obviously it's a decade and a half. He's going to be 35 years old through his age 35 season. And it's pretty wild when you think about the fact that, uh, you know, he, he played 50, 59 games last year. He looked like at times the best player in baseball. Um, I like the fact that it's the largest pre-arbitration deal ever. Uh, last year he hit he hit 277 uh, with a 366 on base, 571 slugging, 17 homers, 45 RBIs. I mean, obviously he's the he's the definition of a five tool guy. Um, he certainly, you know, with with everything baseball is pushing right now, and it's funny, all of a sudden, you know, Mike Trout's talent's just not enough. Um, people, you know, who, who write about the game, who are, you know, far left, uh, journalists, you know, they decided, you know, basically Mike Trout's too white and too unexciting to, um, inspire a younger crowd to watch it when really the truth is you just need to play the damn games, not argue about money, not be political. Um, 
baseball was always fine in that sense. But but that crowd has now crowned Tatis as the new face of baseball. You know that was, um, and, and you know I'll based on talent merit. I've got to say he he has a chance to be. I like what the Padres have done, uh, setting themselves up here to build around a guy for the next decade or so. You know, and it's kind of, I'll admit, when someone signs a deal like this, like, look at Nolan Arenado. You know, it was uh, just two winters ago that I think he signed an extension that was going to keep him a Rocky for life. And now all of a sudden, uh, Arenado is, you know, he's been dealt uh, to the to the St. Louis Cardinals and the the Rockies are perpetually rebuilding and basically have shown us you know they're they're never going to build around anyone. So you have to hope um, if if you're someone like me, I think it's best for the game if if Tatis plays out most of this deal in San Diego. I think it's probably unlikely, but you know, could he be there the next uh, you know eight to ten years if things break right for them and they compete and they. Uh, continue to be aggressive and spend money and you know push the Dodgers for division titles and playoff appearances and deep playoff runs he can absolutely be the anchor of the franchise you know into his late 20s and I think early 30s he's a guy that should age really well if you look at him based on his frame Um, but it is it's funny to see um you know, baseball writers obviously see him as a more exciting, you know, his his excitement ceiling's higher than, you know, Mike Trout or, you know, some of the other young stars we've seen have, you know, MVP-type seasons like Cody Bellinger. I mean, and it's like, what what is it about him? And I, I think the fact that, you know, he is a, a Latin ball player, you know, with uh, kind of some flashy bat flips and a flashy look to his game, they – that that is what they think is going to sell the new generation of fan. I don't think that that's it. Um, you know, just the fact that he is a tremendous ball player is enough. And again, uh, if baseball can just do their part in staying on the field, um, you know, you're gonna have you're gonna have Tatis probably, you know, becoming the new face of baseball as Mike Trout t- uh, passes the torch. You know, in the next three to five years or so, um, it's got really nothing to do with the flashiness of Tatis. I think coming into this season, he's probably my pick for, I you know, and I've, I've got a ways to go on this. He's probably my pick right now without doing a ton of research for NL MVP. I, I honestly think he could hit, um, you know, maybe close to 300 or two, you know, 280, 290. I think he's still going to get on base at like a 360 clip, but I think he could more than anything. I think he's the most realistic threat right now to to go 40 40 or or somewhat close to it. And uh, I think that um, I was listening to MLB Network Radio sound bites about it the other day, and uh, I think it was Brad Lidge predicted him to hit 30 uh, 340 with 35 to 40 homers. I mean it's Probably it's it's really cool to see the talk for so long and and I just listened to the Buster Olney podcast with with Dr. Fauci and it's interesting because you know I think that the the left wing ESPN writers and the the left wing content producers they they think that we want more of this talk when it when in fact 
the core fans like me, we don't want more of Dr. Fauci or coronavirus talk or, you know, race, racial type promotion or female coaches in the game. We, we don't want more of that. We've never asked for more of that to popularize our sport. We want less of it. Actually, we want absolute zero of it. So it was really nice the other day to tune into MLB Network Radio and actually have it for the first time. And, and I haven't listened to it that much because I'm just so down on the sport in general. But it was really cool because on a day like that, after a big contract extension happens for one of the best young talents in the game, it was cool because it was all about that. It was all about baseball again for a few hours. And everybody from, you know, Brad Lidge to, um, you know, Jace Tingler, who's the, the Padres manager, to, you know, Jim Memolo had a pretty good quote on it. Uh, Kirby Yates, who's moved on now to the the uh, Stray Jays, the uh, Buffalo slash Dunedin uh, Blue Jays. Uh, Yates had a, had a great quote that, you know, he said he's really the best player on the planet. But really, it was like the old days back when a big thing happened in the game of baseball and you just got the uh, analysts and the, the people that run the network radio to just talk baseball. It wasn't about the virus. It wasn't about labor talks. It wasn't about uh, Dr. Fauci. It wasn't about, you know, uh, Black Lives Matter in baseball. For one day, it was just about the game again, which I think the game really has to work hard to get back to that because, um, you know, it was it was off-putting to a ton of people. Um, and, you know, it's my friends and I laugh. We, we call that a uh, – we, we called baseball last year basically a soccer fan maker. It made uh, – for the first time, I actually followed soccer and uh, still watch it to this day. I never thought there would be the day I didn't think the soccer was a real sport. But baseball was, you know, just such a turnoff all around last year that – you know, there was, there wasn't a lot to like. And, um, really if you aren't a far left person, which, you know, unfortunately half of people are not, uh, that follow baseball, you, you really were kind of turned off by a lot of the things that, you know, baseball did, um, and still continue to do, you know, again, uh, it, it, you see female hitting coaches being hired, um, and I, I just think that it's not so much the appointment of these people or Kim, uh, however you say her name, NG, being hired by the uh, by the Miami Marlins. It's not that these people are being hired and these women are not the best people for the job. That can be left for debate. It's the way baseball has chosen to market when those things happen. To see the way that, you know, baseball pushes it on social media. Obviously, that's ran and uh, overseen by far left-wing people who think that these ideals are, are what is right or what is good uh, in, the, in the culture war. They think this is going to win over a new sector of fan, when in fact it probably couldn't be further from the truth. Um, if baseball would have put the marketing efforts into pushing some of its young stars, including Mike Trout, including others, I think you'd see a lot more popular game. You know, when you look at how hard, I mean, we had like a Kim and G celebration 
um, you know, for, for days on end. And, you know, now it's, um, you know, black, black history month and it, just the way that it pushed harder than ever. It's, you know, it seems like it's Jackie Robinson day year round now in baseball and they don't realize it's overkill. You know, it's overkill to the normal person that's been following the game for almost 40 or 30 years. This is so beyond the normal uh, scope of things that when you do finally get something that's, you know, refreshing, like like some Tatis uh, extension news, an exciting young team on the rise that's uh, put some pieces around him and, you know, added you Darvish and added Blake Snell and added a couple guys to, um, you know, the, the pitching staff. And you've already got Manny Machado, and you've already got Eric Hosmer and Trent Grisham and Drake Cronworth, and guys that uh, really could could be a contending team. That's what people should be excited about, and that's where baseball should kind of dump its energies and marketing efforts into. It's everything that you know used to be a big story that you know kind of got pushed to the backside for all the wrong reasons. And finally, again, it was uh, this past week a huge story. So I think you're going to see a guy in Tatis that, you know, really, you know, nothing earth shattering here. He's a second generation ball player. I remember the night, I think, that his father, Fernando Tatis Sr., hit two grand slams in an inning. I still remember watching baseball tonight on that night and seeing that happen. Um, he is twice the athlete that his dad was, although his dad. Actually hit, <coughs> excuse me. Actually hit in the same lineup as Mark McGuire, <coughs> and you know it, he's he's his dad could hit, but was not the guy that could, you know, <coughs> win multiple Gold Gloves and steal bases and really be the centerpiece of a franchise. But the lineage was obviously passed on to Baby Boy pretty well. Um, you know, just reading this article by Passan, you know, he, he says hitting lead off with his trademark dreadlock tear flowing out of his batting helmet in a, in a bat flip at the ready. Tatis was the best player in the game for the first half of the season. Jeff, it was a month. <laughs> An unstoppable combination of raw talent, polish, and excitement. The sort that is evident even to the casual fan. And baseball is, is trying, you know, so hard here and, I'm fine with that personally. If a guy like Tatis, you know, becomes the the face of baseball, um, you know, whereas I was, uh, you know, I was I was kind of hopeful that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. would be, um, due to his popularity in what used to be three countries: uh, United States, Canada, uh, and the Dominican Republic. Um, it was my hope that that he would uh, kind of take the the reins and run with it. That hasn't happened. He's had his chance. I think he'll have a nice year. But it's clear that, that you know, writers like uh, Passan and, and everyone else, they want Tatis to be the face of baseball, not because he is, um, you know, a fabulous player, right? They want him to be the face of baseball. They want him to wear the title belt because, you know, he's a Latino player, he's flashy, and they think that their game can be hip. When, in, in fact, baseball's never really going to be hip no matter how the bat flips come, you know, no matter uh, if the player is, uh, you know, purple, African-American, Latino, it, it, it's not about that, right? And um, it's funny to see 
left wing journalists continue to push that. But uh, you know, hey, if the guy's if the guy's gonna knock thirty five homers out a year, steal thirty bags perennially, win gold gloves, and you know, be worth uh, seven to ten wins in uh, wins above replacement, he's gonna be the face of baseball. Um, you know, and it's been there's been different times as I look at the largest contracts out there. You've got Trout, $426 million. Betts, $365 million. Then Tatis now. Bryce Harper, $330 million. Giancarlo Stanton, $325 There's been different points in time. I remember when each of these deals was signed, when that guy was going to be the – he was going to take the you know reins and run with it and be the next – you know. All those guys have had their shot to be the face of baseball, you know, and, and really it's remained, you know, Mike, Mike Trout. Um, but hey, I'm all the ready if it's if it can't be, you know, a Cody Bellinger and it can't be Vladimir Guerrero Jr. based on, you know, lack of uh, performance, then absolutely uh, a guy like Tatis Jr., he really excites me. I really do like watching him play and I respect the Padres. Whereas I've always kind of disliked the style of the San Francisco Giants. It's a boring, sloggy, dark, uh, junk heap. It's just, it's not a good watch. I think the Padres are, they're exciting. Got some flashy new uniforms last year. Um, I loved Tony Gwynn as a kid. I absolutely love Tony Gwynn. They're, they're an upstart. Like the Padres are to San Diego what like the San Antonio Spurs are to San Antonio or the Portland Trailblazers are to Portland. They are the one ticket in town. And I've I've never been to San Diego, but I've heard awesome things about it. Um it, as crazy as California is, I think San Diego is, you know, uh, a fairly uh there there are still people there who who aren't um, you know, over the top. I think it's you know, there are still some uh, people there with their head on straight, um, you know, and, uh, you know, can kind of continuing on this storyline. Um, it's just important for, for baseball to, you can't play this season and then, you know, strike and have, or, or have a, a work stoppage of any type for any reason and have the sport lose more momentum. You know, a lot of fans left last year and, didn't come back and won't come back and neither will their kids. And, you know, I opened up this show with uh, a funny theme from one of my old favorite 80s bands, 38 Special, uh, called Second Chance. I'm willing to give baseball a second chance. I mean, let's be honest, it's uh, it's a part of who I am. But, you know, if baseball does have a work stoppage after this season, I'm, I'm done. I personally have seen... I don't really need baseball in my life. Um, you know, people generally, they find other things to do. So if if baseball is going to, you know, not play or uh, go in a direction of, you know, the extreme left like some of the sports leagues are choosing to do, I expect people to just kind of continue to tune, tune it out. You know, and really in, in the culture war, you know, culture is so downstream from politics as you think about it. Um, or excuse me, backing up, politics are downstream from culture. So, you know, uh, 
it's it's not about like who's in office. It's not about whether you're conservative or you're liberal, right? It's about where does something stand culturally. And you know, the things that baseball and the leagues are pushing right now, unfortunately, even though the election was won um by their politics, right? And Joe Biden and Kamala Harris got in office. Unfortunately, the you, you know, while it was a political win, it's a cultural loss because people people don't want more, you know, of this garbage in sports. They don't want more um, you know, feminists in baseball. They don't want um, you know, they don't want writers pushing their politics, you know, and even like in this Tatis article, just how hard Jeff Passan goes to like oversell you that he is the face of baseball and he had a fabulous first half of the season, which amounted to a whole, he had a good month, Jeff, you know, it's, it's just overcooked and you can feel it if you've been doing this a long time, like I have. Um, or you can interpret journalism, you know, like I have from both sides of the lens. Um, again, baseball and, you know, left-wing people might have won the election, but what they've actually done is they've lost the culture. They're losing the culture war. So it's really important for me for, I hope that this season is about the game. Uh, I know, unfortunately, it's, you know, going to extend a little bit beyond that. But I'm hoping that these guys are so phenomenal and they do things so phenomenal that the conversation stays, you know, about their abilities and their talents and uh, their craft because that's really what it's about. So wanted to just kind of give my thoughts on the Tatis deal. I am excited about it. Um, and, you know, uh, everybody's in camp right now. Started to see some photos of guys breaking in. This used to be one of the most exciting days as a baseball fan, as an adult, and as social media has grown, it always was great to see what guys showed up early. Um, but, you know, it's uh, it's it's really great news to kind of uh, kick off the season. Hopefully that this is, uh, you know, this is a season where we see fans return. And, uh, you know, I'd love to go to a baseball game, even amidst the, uh, the uh, quote-unquote pandemic. Um I think it'd be, you know, it'd be a lot of fun to go and do something like that and uh, take my, my son to his first baseball game. Um, I heard Dr. Fauci, you know, on uh, Buster Olney's podcast uh, that aired tonight. And, and, you know, Buster, he probably thought, oh, man, the, you know, the people will love this. Um, you know, and you hear Fauci out there like a, like a maniac saying, you know, 85% of people have to be vaccinated before we can have crowds again. Um, then I've got news for him. Uh, you know, I would say, you know, less than half of people I know are ever going to get their, their vaccine. Um, so that's never going to happen, but, um, you know, it was just funny to kind of hear him talk about how he, how he sells ballplayers that, that don't want to get the vaccine, um, how he sells them on it, that it's safe and effective because he got it. And, uh, you know, the president got it and, you know, that, that sounds like a heck of a pitch, buddy. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's a funny thing to, to listen to the man talk and be injected into the sport 
Um, but, you know, this is, uh, it's ESPN. What do you expect? But, you know, hopefully, you know, we see some crowds in some uh, non-blue states. I think that you can expect that. You'll see some crowds in Florida. and there. I did see where spring training tickets were on sale. So that's uh, pretty cool. You can see people, uh, you know, going to some spring training games. That was so, uh, sorely missed, I think, uh, last year. And, and I have to give, if I'm going to tip my, my cap to the players at all, to be able to put on a show like they did without fans in the stands, I think was very impressive to see last season. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what it's like over the grind of a full season. I didn't really feel like teams came out flat very often last year. I mean, I thought the play was, for the most part, pretty good. I, I didn't think the product was was bad from an entertainment standpoint when I tuned in. Um, so I give a lot of credit to to the players in 2020. And uh, although I cared less, you know, this off season, I didn't even turn on MLB Network. And it's funny because they laid off. Chris Rose and, you know, baseball, there are serious cracks in the foundation of someone I was a colleague with just got let go from MLB pipeline. You know, baseball is laying uh, people off left and right because, you know, and they're, they're not doing that because they're winning a culture war and more popular than ever. You know, they're doing that because they're hemorrhaging money. And with this Tatis deal, you know, my first thought was, well, you know, they, they must not be that worried about the long-term fiscal health of the sport, you know, so that, in my mind, that's great. I, you know, I don't want baseball to, to capsize, you know, I want it to flourish again, because that's where it was headed before, you know, coronavirus and, and, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter and the election, and, you know, that's where it was headed. It, it was arrow pointing up. It was in a great place. Um, but, you know, you look at these cracks beyond the foundation of just the amount of writers that are laid off and, you know, the athletic laid off a ton of people. And I expect that to kind of continue. I don't think there's any money anymore in, in writing about baseball. You know, I th- I know I, the other day I was on Fangraphs and you've got one of the most uh, popular sites. It was a daily site for me from, you know, maybe 2010 to... 2019 it was like a site i visited every single day first thing in the morning with my coffee just to see what they had going didn't matter what it was and they're panhandling for money you know to keep the site going and uh they've you know stopped maintaining the hardball times because you know they are hurting for clicks they came out and said it so if a site like fangraphs is hurting for clicks you know most baseball sites are and it's not hard to, to do the math and figure out why, you know, people simply are tuning out. If you don't, you know, rule one of having a sport, you got to play the games. That's rule number one. Otherwise you're like Pokemon. You're like Wolverine. You're like Marvel comics. You're like, you got to play the games, you know, or you're, you know, you, you, you cease to exist. You can't play 60-game seasons. You cannot have work stoppages. And the rule number two is you can't inject your politics because it doesn't uh, it doesn't sit well with your fan base. The game should be for everybody, regardless of religion, race, creed, beliefs, anything. It should not just be for 
you know, uh, you know, it shouldn't be for any particular type of person. It should be a marketplace for everybody. And until baseball learns that lesson, you, you know, you're going to see people continue to tune out and guys continue to lose their jobs and you head towards being a niche product, you know, which is what you don't want to see. It's what it's happened to the NBA. Um, you know, and if you're somebody that loves baseball and, you want to raise your little boy to love it like you do, you know, you do root for, for them to make the right decisions and do the right things and, um, you know, the game to grow and, and, and uh, you know, evolve in the right way so that it can continue to be, you know, the same thing that we've grown up uh, seeing, you know, the, the greatest game on earth. So those are my short thoughts tonight. I'm going to, uh, you know, continue to run the podcast out. Until, you know, baseball says that we're not going to play anymore, we will run the Pintar podcast. Tonight, we talked about the Fernando Tatis deal, how it fits, the excitement of it, and, you know, why it was so refreshing. Um, And let's get more of that. Let's have more talks about stuff like the Fernando Tatis extension and exciting young teams like the Padres, who I think can still challenge the the Dodgers who are an overwhelming favorite to to win the World Series again. I think the Padres can really be a great team and win, you know, 90 to 95 games and push push the Dodgers as they did at points in last year's two-month season. You know, had the uh had the season ran out longer, I think the Padres would have caught the Dodgers. Um and I think the Dodgers were lucky to to escape that postseason series with the Padres. The Padres were in those games and uh, really, I think, experience won out. Not so much talent. I think experience really did win out in that series. And, um, you know, the the Padres are not going to be young forever. They, they gained some valuable experience last year. And, you know, they should be really one of baseball's most exciting teams this season along with the White Sox. And over the next few seasons, I think that you know, you'll continue to, to see them um, add pieces, not subtract. I don't, you know, if they start this season slow, they're not going to, to start selling pieces and, and rebuild around youth, I don't think. I think they're really going to push hard and be aggressive, which I like seeing that. So, hey, I appreciate the listens. Uh, if you like the Pine Tar Podcast, make sure you like and subscribe. I hope everybody has a great weekend, and we'll talk some more baseball soon. I'm Clint. Have a great night.